Welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast that attempts to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. This week's podcast is titled, Every Moment is a Synchronicity, and it's inspired by the Book of Secrets, which was written by Osho, and it is a translation of the Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. The Vigyan Bhairav Tantra is a text of 112 meditation techniques, all aimed at the same goal, the goal of self-realization, a.k.a. enlightenment, or moksha. The word moksha is a Sanskrit word that translates as liberation. And liberation is not something that happens after we die. It's something that happens in the present moment. Meditation technique number 78 from the Book of Secrets says, Wherever your attention alights, at this very point, experience. Wherever your attention alights, at this very point, experience. And this meditation technique is all about becoming fully present in every single experience we can undergo in this lifetime. So that means whether you're riding in a car or sitting on your meditation cushion or even having an intense discussion with someone who you don't agree with, every experience contains the seed for us to fully wake up in that moment. Every experience is ripe in and of itself for us to experience complete self-realization. The Zen monk Bokuju has said, This is the only meditation I know. While I eat, I eat. While I walk, I walk. And while I feel sleepy, I sleep. Whatsoever happens, happens. I never interfere. Osho goes on to say, that's all there is. Don't interfere. And whatsoever happens, allow it to happen. You simply be there. And this is the gist of this entire meditation technique is whatever object or experience your attention falls upon, whatever draws your attention, whatever feeling you have in your body or your mind, simply show up for it fully. At this very point, experience, that means experience whatever it is you're feeling fully without clouding it with thoughts about how things should be a different way. And this is really easier said than done. It's one thing to fully experience all the bliss when you're feeling bliss. I often have this come up when I'm dancing. Where I live on the Big Island, there's a lot of ecstatic dances. And there's always a point when I'm doing ecstatic dance where I feel completely light in my body and I become fully present. And I've made it a habit for myself to always take note and take notice of that moment when that lightness and total presence arises. And when I'm in that moment of bliss and beauty, I really allow myself to witness it. So rather than being caught on the 
periphery of my skin, of simply feeling the sensation of the dance, I actually let my awareness go deeper within myself so that I'm really watching the experience unfold. So it almost feels like it's a dream. Now, whenever we are feeling challenged, this meditation technique takes a whole nother dimension. Take, for example, you're in a yoga class and they're focusing on something that really challenges you. What I notice as a teacher is sometimes the strength postures, things that challenge our core or our legs. I notice that sometimes they make people tune out. But we have to see it's not that the pose is making the person tune out. It's actually the sensation the person is experiencing that is causing them to tune out or to drift away in their mind. And when I say tune out, take for example if your thighs are burning really strongly in a chair pose or a warrior pose. It's really easy to get caught in the emotion of wanting to run away from that experience. But according to this meditation technique, it's saying, no, this experience and this sensation of your thighs burning is actually the opportunity. It's the opportunity to tune in to the sensation that is arising in your body and fully be there with that sensation. It's asking us to sift through whatever is going through our mind and again and again, move into this place of presence where we simply are allowing the experience to wash over us. And even if the mind has this longing or habit to always want to think ahead, we actually have the power within ourselves to pull ourselves back into the moment and simply rest our awareness on whatever is happening. Oftentimes, we think that enlightenment is a long, drawn-out process. It's something that we have to suffer through a lot of spiritual practice and purification techniques. And then we think one day, one day way in the future, suddenly I'll wake up. One day in the future, I will be completely free of all of my burdens the thing is, is if we're always putting it off, if we always think it's going to happen one day in the future, then that will continually be what we perceive as reality. Because if the mind is constantly anticipating that, oh, it only can happen in the future, then until we change that thought pattern, it certainly only will happen in the future. And as you all know, the future never comes. The only thing we have is the present moment. Every single moment is totally ripe. I have an avocado tree in my backyard, and right now it is laden heavy with avocados, which are becoming ripe, ready to be picked. And it's easy for me to see, oh, the avocados are almost ripe. But the reality is, even when there are no avocados on the tree limbs, hanging heavily, ready to be eaten almost, even when the tree is barren of fruit, the tree itself is totally ripe. Every cell in that tree is vibrating with life. And that alone is proof enough that every single moment is a synchronicity. Whether it seems so to our mind or not, that's another story. 
if we open our heart to the fact that every single moment is an opportunity for enlightenment, then we open our heart to the fact that every moment is perfectly ripe. Every moment that is unfolding, whether it feels whole and full to us or completely empty, it is completely ripe. Everything is always in full fruition for where it is meant to be in that moment. So we carry this illusion that things will come in the future. And yes, the avocado, of course, the tree fruits will be ripe when they are and ready to be eaten. But it doesn't change the fact that the nature of the tree itself is always in complete fruition and fullness of where it needs to be. And this is the same for us. Whether we feel like we're 10 steps backward on our path or 10 steps forward, we are always right on path because there is absolutely no other option for us. As long as it exists, it is in total harmony with all of life. Whatever we are experiencing for ourselves, it is in total perfection with our path and where we are meant to be. And I truly believe this. There is no such thing as being off of our path. It is an impossibility to be taken off of our path. Because every moment we undergo has the exact same opportunity for us to become completely aware of it. And Osho says, and I'm not sure what book he says this in, probably many of them, and I've read many of them. So it all mishmashes together in my mind. But Osho says, if you can bring 100% of your awareness to the moment you are in right now, you will be instantly enlightened. And enlightenment means you see things for what they are. You are no longer capable of being caught in projecting into the future. You're no longer capable of being caught in the web of being stuck in the past. When you become enlightened, or so they tell me, you continually reside in the present moment. And whenever we continually reside in the present moment, no matter what we're experiencing, we have a joy. And joy is not something that comes from the outside, but rather joy is something that rises from within us. I have a very dear friend who has made or devoted her entire life to being fully present for whatever experience arises. And a few months ago, lava started flowing out of a new fissure in the earth um, down in Lower Puna on the Big Island where we live. And her house was threatened to be consumed by the lava. And instead of derailing her plans to go to Disneyland with her children, and have a really fun experience she chose to stay true to the plan and on the day when her home burned down by the lava or rather it was covered over by two stories of lava she has pictures on facebook of her riding the rides with her children laughing arms in the air with a hysterical smile on her face because she's someone that rather than allowing herself to get caught in her mind and caught in ruminating about how things aren't perfect, instead of focusing on all the reasons why life isn't good, 
She just chose to immerse herself in the experience that she was having. And on that day when her house burned down, the experience she was having was that she was riding roller coasters with her children at fucking Disneyland in California. And this was such a teaching for me because I knew her house burned down that day and I saw the photos on social media of her on the ride. And I was really inspired by this. And I'm not saying don't grieve when you need to grieve. I'm just saying that if we can make it a habit to continually show up for the present moment and know in our heart of hearts that everything is perfect, then naturally we reside in a joyous state. Because when even when things aren't going our way or the way our mind projects that they should be, we can recognize that every moment is a synchronicity. There's a Sanskrit word called sahaj. And sahaj translates directly as spontaneous or a spontaneity. And basically, sahaj is happening in every single moment, saying that the universe is self-sustaining. Every moment, all of our trillions and trillions of cells are flickering and blinking with life. And the way they function, although scientists may try to explain it, there's a greater force behind them that is causing them to function in this perfected way that has no room for error. And in life, if we can view all of our experiences this way as well, that there's no room for error for what we experience, and in all of those experiences, the same miracle is happening, the same opportunity is there for us to recognize it's a synchronicity, then suddenly we become capable of bringing our own joy to the table no matter what we are undergoing. If we only think certain times in our life, only good times, are synchronicities, like say for example, I have this story actually, I was on a trip in New Zealand, hitchhiking through New Zealand with a friend 12 years ago. And we had a really bad ride. We got picked up by this guy who had a lot of drugs and guns in the car. And this guy decided to mess with us. Instead of taking us up to Auckland, which was eight hours away from where we were currently, he took us into this really bad neighborhood outside of Wellington. And he started telling us how he had this plan to murder lots of people that he was dying of cancer and that he was going to go out with a bang, quite literally. And my friend and I at the time were thinking, oh my goodness, we're in some serious trouble. Miraculously, we tricked this guy into thinking that we were going to tell the authorities about him and that we had a cell phone, which we didn't. And he got scared and dropped us off in Wellington at a bus station. And I was pretty uh, shocked. I was actually trembling for many hours because it felt like we were in some serious danger and it fired my adrenaline really heavily. I was there contemplating, why did this happen to me? I can't believe it. This is terrible. I'm traumatized. I'll never hitchhike again. So anyway, the bus comes around midnight for us to take uh, the long ride to Auckland. We get on the bus drive about four hours north, maybe five, 
and around sunrise, the bus stopped for a bathroom break. And as everyone filed back onto the bus, I hear this woman over my shoulder say my name. She goes, Kristen. And I look up at her and wouldn't you believe it, it was one of my closest friends from Colorado and actually my very first paid massage client on the bus with me in the middle of the North Island of New Zealand. And I had lost touch with this woman for years. We hadn't spoken, and I always thought of her and wondered how she was doing and where she was. And in that moment, I was super grateful that we had that horrible hitchhiking experience, because if not for that happening, I wouldn't have been on that bus to see my dear friend. After I saw her, she decided to follow us to where we were staying, up north of Auckland, and we got to spend an epic couple of days together reconnecting and cherishing our friendship. And it was really a teaching for me that even though it doesn't seem like things are working out, things are actually always working out. Every moment that is occurring is working out just fine in accordance to your divine path. Another Sanskrit term that is relevant here is the word sandhya. And sandhya has many translations, but the main one is juncture or critical juncture. Sandhya also means sunrise or sunset, which is very telling in its description. It can also mean twilight. It's that moment that's neither day nor night. It's between both. And there's this window in this moment to become completely aware. On the most physical level, this means, oh, look, the sun is setting. Let's all pause and feel the beauty of the universe. As the sun sets, especially in Hawaii, we'll all go to the beach on the west side of the island to watch it. But as the sun sets and we all sit there, everyone puts their phone down. Everyone stops talking and just simply observes the moment unfold. And a deeper translation of the word sandia, it's like saying it's a peak experience. It's where so many factors come together and create a high point in our lives. And this is very relevant because it's important we take note of when these high points occur. I know for me, one of the greatest Sandia experiences I've ever received was actually graduating my first class of teacher trainees down in this mystical valley on the island. It felt like all of the odds were against us having the training there, yet the training went on. There were some struggles. Everyone went through a deep emotional process, and they came out on the other side and taught amazing classes. Before the training started, I was having a lot of self-doubt about whether I was ready to lead a group of people and teach them basically how to facilitate yoga to others. Yet no matter the doubt, no matter the clouds in my mind, I showed up anyway and offered my heart and soul. On the day that the students graduated, 
I felt like it was one of the greatest moments in my life. I felt like something crucial had happened within me. And that crucial thing was that I was willing to show up for the entire experience with everyone. During the high points and the extremely low points, I was willing to be there and not run away. I was willing to understand that even those low points where maybe some of the students were bickering about washing the dishes, or maybe I didn't feel well. I remember I got sick during the training and ran a pretty high fever for a day. I was still willing to show up and not obsess about things being perfect. But rather, I had this kind of higher guidance to understand that the entire experience was already in total perfection for what needed to happen. So on the day when the students graduated, I was jubilant. I was elated to see this happen. Once everyone left and we all parted ways, I felt a depression set in. Not for long, just a sadness, missing the group, missing the high energy of channeling the teachings and being around everyone and seeing everyone step into their power. And I forgot about the peak experience. Instead, I started longing for the next experience that would feel that powerful. And it really sidetracked me for many months. I almost lost the desire to teach yoga because I thought no experience I could have again would ever match that. And I was truly in a state of delusion. I forgot every, everything I had felt about every moment being a peak moment. But the truth is that didn't change. Even though I was in a depression, even that depression was a peak experience for me. Because if we really abide by this idea that every moment is a synchronicity, because in every moment things are happening in total perfection, then we can recognize even when we're at the saddest point, there is a beauty to it. And the beauty comes from our willingness to be there. Our willingness to never abandon ourselves it's actually not possible to abandon ourselves. But sometimes we let our mind run away with us. We start projecting that things aren't perfect. And let me tell you, the more we focus and fixate on things not being perfect, the more imperfection we see. What we think is what our reality becomes. So if we choose to really feel like every moment in this life is completely perfect for what it is, then suddenly we become capable of transmuting that energy into spiritual food. Even the dark times, even things that don't seem like they should be happening can become tools for our own enlightenment. This reminds me of a story that I read years ago. It's a Zen story. There was a householder woman in an ancient village in India. And she went to the Zen monk up on the hillside. Or maybe it wasn't India. Maybe it was Japan. I don't quite remember the country of origin, but it's not too important. She went to the Zen monk on the hillside and said, I would like to reach self-realization. Can you please give me a technique? The Zen master sat for a long while in silence. And finally, he looked at her and said, No matter what happens, take no notice. 
Now, let me interrupt the story. The idea of taking no notice is pretty much the same thing as becoming completely aware in every moment. They both are asking us to step into the witnessing faculty within ourselves. They're asking us to simply observe the experience unfold and don't try to change it, but rather rest your awareness in the pure presence of feeling what is there to be felt, seeing what is there to be seen, and showing up in whatever way you feel called to show up. So back to the story. This woman goes back down the hill to her family and continues her day-to-day life, but she commits herself to this idea of taking no notice. So the story goes that one day her house caught on fire, and as she was taking the necessary actions to put the fire out, In her mind, she was serene and at peace, and she was repeating to herself, take no notice. So although outwardly she was acting in the way, or in a way to put the fire out so that she could have her home still, that her family lived in, deep inside, she was simply witnessing it all as if it was a movie unfolding. Another thing happened. One day she was down by the river washing clothes with her little son. Her son slipped into the river and started to be washed away. As she was saving her son's life, rescuing him out of the river, instead of getting frantic, melting down, she was simply repeating in her mind, take no notice. After many years of sitting with this technique of continually reminding herself to witness what was unfolding and show up in whatever way she felt called to show up. She was outside cooking food over an open fire and she had a big pot full of oil. She was going to fry something. Anyway, suddenly she dropped a piece of food in the oil and the oil splashed up and simply in witnessing the oil splash up she reached instant enlightenment. And this is the power of the ability to realize that every moment is completely ripe in and of itself. Just by simply observing the oil splash in the pan, she reached the ultimate goal of self-realization. And what is that actually? It's the ability to become fully present with our awareness, 100%. When she reached that point of awakening, her husband was near her. She picked up the pan and threw it on the ground and started laughing hysterically. And her laughter was coming from this place of joy, knowing that whether the house burns down or not, it's all okay. It's all accepted by the universe, because if it was not, it would not be happening. So this leads me back to this meditation technique in the Book of Secrets. Wherever your attention alights, at this very point, experience. Whatever is unfolding for you, 
make it a habit to remind yourself to watch it. Even when you're interacting in the world and acting outwardly, let there always be a part of your awareness that is situated deep inside of yourself, watching the entire thing play out. Feel what is there for you in every experience without trying to change it, run away from it, or make it better. Because what is making it better but a projection of our mind of how things should be? And the more we think things should be a certain way, the more caught we are in the past because we're trying to replay the past over and over again. If we can realize every moment is new, born in and of itself, then we can realize our awareness is the same way. We don't have to hold ourselves to how we behaved in the past. We don't have to hold ourselves to how we think we're supposed to be acting based on what other people have told us. Rather, we become capable of being reborn in our mind, in our heart, in our actions. Osho says, be consistently inconsistent. And what this means is don't hold yourself to acting the way you do every time. Just because something used to make you mad doesn't mean it needs to make you mad right now. Just because you used to like a certain food doesn't mean you have to like the food for the rest of your life. If you decide one day that you never want to eat ice cream again, don't hold yourself to that either because that's going to change. Maybe that will serve you for a while, but will it serve you for the rest of your life? No. And if you try to force yourself to never eat ice cream again based on what you felt in one tiny moment in time, then you're holding yourself to the past. And anytime we hold ourselves to the past, we fail to see the beauty that is unfolding in the here now. Anytime we try to enforce rules upon ourselves, I'm a vegan or I'm not spiritual, or anything in between those two realms, or beyond them, we're holding ourselves to some ideal. And ideals are always dead. Because ideals force us to be a certain way. And just because you were that way yesterday, or even five minutes ago, does not mean that you need to be that way right now. So the ability to rest your attention on whatever experience you are having is also the ability to set yourself free, to show up in whatever way you feel called to show up. I like to call this following your internal urge. Anything you feel that needs to be done, if it's pressing on you and magnetizing you, do it. It does not matter what other people think. Because if we're always living our life in accordance to acting in ways that other people will find acceptable, then we fail to acknowledge our heart's desires a lot of the time. So our ability to let ourselves and others be consistently inconsistent is also our ability to be totally accepting of whatever is happening. Let the waves of emotion and experience roll through you 
And by your willingness to allow this to happen, every single moment you are born new. As your cells flicker with life and function, so too your awareness does. Only the mind is trying to hold us to these past imprisonments that I call ideals. To me, ideals are prison. And when we're holding an ideal in our mind, we're not present. Instead, we're stuck on something. And that makes us fail to recognize the beauty unfolding in every moment. So when we simply are willing to recognize that whatever is happening is in total perfection and that nothing is permanent in this world, then we become childlike, innocent. We become capable of cosmic play, playing with every moment in whatever way we feel called. I'll close with a quote from Yogi Sri Dharma Mitra. Everything is perfect and nothing is permanent. So on that note, whatever's up for you right now, be up for it as well. And whenever that experience is over, don't hang on to it. Let it pass through you just like water falling off the face of a cliff. Let it go again and again. And in that letting go, you become available to realize yourself on the deepest level at any given moment. It's just like the woman dropping the food in the pan and seeing the oil splash up. There's nothing special about that moment except everything. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma. Have a beautiful day. Aloha. What's that sound? It's the waves.
and the pranayama will bring you mental power. You'll be able to control your emotions and gradually you become self-controlled. So yoga is really wonderful because in a very short time, one year, two years, three years, you may reach your enlightenment.